0: you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us if you're with me let's get architecting hey bright lights it's angela and welcome to architecting i am so glad you are here It is finally spring. I really got a chance this weekend to spend some lovely time outside. I'm so excited. I bought this trellis last year to take the place of a Japanese maple that died. And I kind of liked having that taller element in the garden space. And I thought, another tree. I I had the beds re-landscaped a few years before and they planted an ornamental tree kind of close to where that tree that died was. And then i saw this trellis and you know i'm always saying act on what excites you right and it's seven feet tall and it's kind of a cylinder sort of shape so it's perfect for this spot in the front garden because you get this beautiful vertical element But you don't have to have yet another tree because you have too many trees and the roots can start to have problems when they're close to the house and all that other stuff. So I bought it last year and I was all excited and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get a beautiful vining plant I want a bluish purple because I've got kind of this blue theme going on out there. And I started to research vines and I got busy and I got distracted and then it was halfway through summer and then I was kind of like, oh, it's too late to plant. So long story short, finally, finally, last weekend went to a nursery and got two kinds of clematis. One will bloom in the summer and the other will bloom late summer through early fall. So this should be a really fun opportunity but digging to plant these, right? I'm all excited about my trellis. And what do I encounter about four inches down? Freaking tree roots. Even though the tree died years ago and was cut down and removed and the stump is gone, the roots are still there. I could not dig them out i could not break them up i could not move around them because they were just these woody solid things in in the ground i finally did it just so you know <laughs> and my vines are wrapped around my trellis and i can't wait for the season to unfold and for them to start blooming i'll have to put a picture when they finally do But it really got me thinking about the way that we can want to make a change, but wanting to isn't enough because we have these stuck parts of ourselves, these deep roots, and they don't move easily. You can't just dig them up and get them out of the way. You have to put a lot of work into cutting through them and pulling them out. Even when the tree was gone, the roots were not decaying. They stayed there. And they're solid and they're woody. In a lot of ways, they're immovable. And that brings me to today's episode theme, which is moving from who we should be to who we can be. Who we should be is really tied to those roots. It's what we learned as a young child from our parents, our teachers, commercials on TV, right? Any kind of messaging gets in. It's not just what is taught to us, which we're maybe a little more consciously aware of. We might be aware of, say, a teacher discouraging us from studying something or someone telling us that we should do something else. But it's what's caught. And what's caught are these conclusions we come to based on what we see play out in our lives. Now, mind you, we are often using child logic because this is an early life experience. If you've ever spent time around young kids, you know that toddler logic And young child logic is not quite the same. You know, some of the conclusions that they draw, the causalities they think exist, are based on a very limited understanding of the world. They don't know better. They don't have that broader view, that higher vision. They don't have the ability to understand something that they witnessed is an anomaly and not normal. They only know what they experienced. They make a decision about how life works based on that experience, and those start to form beliefs. The roots, the root system of that tree starts to grow. We have conditioning. We have conclusions, possibly erroneous, that we have drawn, and those Start to form beliefs about how the world works, what's possible for us, what we're capable of doing, and then we go out into the world, right? You know, we we go to college and we get more conditioning, we start working, and we're dealing with the culture of the workplace that we are in, and in a creative workplace, there is definitely... An environment ripe for toxicity, for competition, for lack based thinking. And I've talked about this on so many episodes because creative work doesn't have a single right answer. And because our conditioning is to always question ourselves, to never believe we're done, to never believe we have arrived at a solution. but rather that we must continue to question and discover and iterate. There's a lot of underlying crisis of confidence. And because of this, we very often tend to lack conviction, be defensive when questioned, and tend to go like one of two ways, right? We either don't want to be visible, don't want to be seen, don't want to put ourselves out there, because we want to avoid that judgment. We want to do what we feel is safe. Or we adopt this protector persona that could be the ego and the arrogance and you know so much of what we see as the stereotypical architect. That's really hiding a lot of self-doubt as well. And it's really a mask that tries to prove worth by putting other people into a state of questioning. Neither way is really good. And in both cases, we're trying to conform. We're trying to check the boxes on somebody else's list. We're looking for that external validation. We're looking for that confirmation that we're doing the right thing. We're looking essentially to feel safe in the world, and we have learned that when we do what other people think we should do, when we hit milestones or have achievements that are considered valuable, that our worth in other people's eyes can rise. What gets missed, though, in all of that, and what I really want to focus on today is how it robs us. Of who we can be. Because we're so focused on channeling all of our energy, all of our abilities, all of our efforts into something we have decided is right for us. And right for us, again, is based on a lot of complex variables that come from the way we were raised, the culture around us. Our work experiences. So, you know, there are the people that frankly choose to work part time and will use family obligations as the reason to not fully be in their career. There are the people that are unhappy and will withdraw because they don't know what their next step will be. There are the workaholics and You know, I have to catch myself and pull myself back from that one all the time because it is so tempting to say, I'm good at this. I can do this. It helps me feel more in control. It helps to reinforce identity when you can keep doing and keep achieving at something you're good at. But all, all of these choices block us from our full potential. Who we can be, that's a scary place because it means we have to step off the hamster wheel. We have to quiet our mind, which is going a thousand miles an hour. And we have to pull back all of the personas and the artifice and the roles we play, put down the script, and we have to look deep inside and say, who am I really? What would make me happy right now? I want you to think about that. I want you to answer that question. And as you do that, it's very common that you might actually draw a blank and say, I don't know. Or you might say something like taking the day off or taking a nap and thinking, well, that's not a life goal especially if you don't know or your answer is some kind of immediate relief. I want you to see that as a distress signal from your body that you are disconnected. You are not tuned in because you have let the shoulds, the expectations, the obligations take over to such an extent that you've lost track of who you really are. And that can be a really scary place to be a real crisis of conscience. How do you find your way back to you? I'm going to give you some quick tips, but then I'm also going to invite you to contact me about personal one-on-one coaching This is what I specialize in. My book, Career Crisis, was completely focused on realigning with your passion and your purpose so that you could start doing more of what you love and actualize yourself and live at your potential and know that you're having an impact and making a difference. And if you're part of this audience you're at least a little bit interested in that or you wouldn't be here. You're at least a little bit curious. So if you cannot easily answer the question, what do I want? I really wanna invite you to look into one-on-one coaching to help you peel back those layers of the onion, to stop numbing out, to stop getting addicted to overwhelm and the adrenaline that comes with stress. The hormones in our bodies essentially are drugs, and we can get addicted to how we feel when those hormones are activated to the point where that's what it takes for us to feel productive and in the zone. And I can really help you to unlock that and refocus and be much more centered. For right now, in this moment, some quick back-to-yourself tips. Number one, to stop, to find a moment, and hopefully it's right now if you're not driving, or you can just sit or lie down and take some deep breaths. Put your hands on your thighs and rub your thighs. That's actually a soothing motion that helps to turn off the stress response, the fight or flight, the sympathetic nervous system, and tells your body it's okay to relax. And the next thing we're going to do is some breath work. Breathe in and we'll start with a count of five. You can work up to longer counts, but if you're really stressed, often you aren't able to hold those longer breaths breathing in to a count of five then holding at the top of the breath just suspend your breathing for a count of two and then try breathing out to a count of six so we'll try that ready inhale two three four five hold two and breathe out and you can even sigh. That audible sigh helps to activate your parasympathetic nervous system even more. Do <sighs> the count of seven. Now, how's that feel? It should immediately start to help you feel a little bit more centered, even though clearly there is more work to do promise you if you take five minutes every day and just do the breathing rub your thighs tell your body it's safe to calm down you will start to feel more centered then i would invite you to journal i'm gonna say what do i need to write about well there is no prompt the prompt is just to free write to brain dump to get everything that's in your brain out what you'll start to notice is that our monkey mind, the busy brain that's going a thousand miles an hour, usually doesn't form complete thoughts. It just jumps from association to association. When you write, you force your brain to complete the thought. And that alone can be very calming. You also can get a lot of insights because What you're writing may not be something you were really ready to consciously acknowledge, but as it's flowing onto the page, you start to see it. And in seeing it, we get to the last step, which is to be curious, right? We're never going to make ourselves wrong for how we think or how we feel. We're just going to ask why. And in asking why, we start to uncover Where we feel stuck, really, because it's easy to say, I feel stuck in my career because I didn't get the promotion I wanted or the role I wanted to have on the project or the person I have to work under won't let me have any freedom on the project to do my best work. That's not really what it is. Those are the outside symptoms of why you're stuck. Getting to that inside, that inner work, really helps you to unlock where you are telling yourself no, where you are not embracing your potential, where you are holding yourself back, where you have smothered your heart, your true potential in everybody else's expectations. I hope these exercises helped you to get a little bit more connection, a little bit more grounding. Do them every day, and I promise you will notice a difference. You can share your insights and tag me on Instagram at architectingpodcast or DM me. I would love to know what you're uncovering. As you do this, if you really feel, I don't know what to do next, or I'm starting to uncover things and I'm not sure where to take them, or I don't know how to be curious because I don't know what questions to ask, know that I am here for you. I can't do a whole lot of one-on-one coaching because I do work full-time and I do have other family obligations and work putting together the architecting community. But I do have time to take on two to three clients at a time for 90 days, 60 minute sessions. It's a great opportunity to really ground yourself. We do a whole intake process that lets you get much more clear on what you're really trying to work on, and then I will target and customize your coaching towards achieving that. I will hold you accountable. I will give you assignments to work on, strategies to try, resources to use. Every month, we will have our hour-long call And you'll have a chance to get more insights, to get coaching around a specific problem that you may have, like maybe something really crappy happened that week, or you're struggling with something, because you will. The more you unlock this, the more will come into your awareness. And so I'm right there with you to talk you through it, to help you work it out. My clients just get amazing results. They get so much clarity. They start seeing opportunities that they didn't before. They start making more space for themselves instead of shutting their dreams down by being too busy. I hate those words. And they really start to feel less overwhelmed and more centered knowing in who they are. So if this sounds like something that you want and need, contact me, Angela at architectingpodcast.com and we can set up a call to see if coaching is right for you and something that you think you would like to do to take that next step. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you for listening